Oh, we're starting off the show with lies. Just nothing but lies. Stephen Johnson's not here. No. We, we've <laughs> sold a dummy to our audience in football terms. Uh, but, yeah, no, we're, we're you and me, mate, we're flying solo once again because he's flying across the country Yes, uh, with the young fella driving in Super 3 this weekend over at Perth. So yeah, it he's is. Up, up and away flying TAA, and we're here in the um, studio. It is with good reason why he's not here. It's not due to this. Mm. Uh, so, <laughs> no, he's not late, folks. He's just this time. He's just not coming in. Yeah, exactly. But uh, no, we will be talking about uh, super th- uh, the the change to super two because a couple of uh, notes that's going to be happening in the categories. There's so much going on this weekend. Mm. In fact, you, Matty Mac, you will be back in action. You're taking Ronnie uh, up to see some sunshine. Yes, we're we're uh, heading up to. Darwin on Friday morning for the world first TA2 championship two driver uh, weekend. And I've got Marcus Sakanovic with me, which is exciting. And um, yeah, heading off for the four and a half hour flight north on Friday morning. Can't wait. Got my thongs packed, my sunnies, bit of sunscreen, ready to rock and roll. Now, I'm not blowing smoke up your A here when I say this, but it is literally a very hyped. Um, TA2 race, because this is actually literally a world first. It, no, it's the first time we've ever had a a two-person, a two-driver yeah. uh, TA2 yeah. event, which, and I've seen those cars. I've, I've had a good look at them. I don't know how mm. <laughs> <laughs> those seat swaps are going to be very, very quick. Well, the, and the funny thing is, if you, if you haven't heard of TA2 before, um, this is not like America where... Uh, if you play baseball in America and you win the the they call it the World Series. You're in the World Series. You're the you're the <laughs> world champion. Um, that's not like this. TA two is in fact a global category. So we have we have championships in America, in Sweden, in Asia, Australia. So it is a, a genuine global category. Um, and with this Aussies, of course, in Darwin, bang, having the first time we have two driver races. So um, Marcus and I, Marcus is probably a little slimmer than I am, as most race drivers are <laughs> a little slimmer than I am. But Marcus is a little slimmer. So he'll be he'll be probably a little bit tight in my car. But when you look at people like Hugh McAllister and George Medici, you know, they're, they're both 11 and a half foot tall and weigh about 60 kilos. So um, they're going to be absolutely perfect. Um, the Coulters, uh, Michael and Steve, father and son, they're of similar size as well. So, you know, the the trick is these things have a bit like a NASCAR door. You don't have like a supercar door where you can just jump into it. We've just got a little quarter door. Yep. Um, but I've got to tell you, Nimsy, having been involved in a few pit stops in my time, geez, you can get in and you can, you can do things getting in and out of those cars that you, in that moment of pressure, that you probably couldn't do any other time. <laughs> You're able to contort your body in a way that... You just you just couldn't normally do so. Uh, but it's going to be great. It's going to be hot. It's going to be really bloody hot. I can tell you. So anyway, we'll see how we go. Um, get your text messages coming through. Oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Wherever you're listening around the planet, keep your text messages coming in. Like David, David, who's Texas, he said, "I'm so confused. Isn't Stevie J an old Geelong footballer?" <laughs> um, well, yes. Uh, David, he is, but he's also Steve Johnson, son of Dick Johnson, who had a seventeen year. 
uh, supercars career, multiple Bathurst podiums. Um, he's my normal co-host, if you haven't listened before, Dave, but if you have, uh, that's that's who it is. And, and in fact, I've just received a message from Steve Johnson um, on our... Uh, on our little group on WhatsApp. Our, I haven't played it, um, so I'm not going to play it live on air, but um, he's certainly sitting on the plane, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's, it's funny, too, because I think Dave's referring to... We've got... Because every week we do a little driver's seat promo thing, and Frosty had the line of the night last week. Uh, also, we'll be chatting to Brock Feeney a little bit later on. We caught up mm. with him just before the show. He's got an appearance at the moment. In WA, as to a lot of the drivers, they're all over there at the moment, which is where Steve is going as well, mm-hmm. uh, to the wild, wild west, if you will. But um, yeah, the line by Mark Winterbottom that we've had actually other people come up and say to me in the office, like, did Frosty's kid really think that Stevie Jones? It's like, no, mate, it's, it's a joke. They're old <laughs> it's mates. It's a gag. It's, like, <laughs> it's a gag. <laughs> in the business, we call these things called jokes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It wasn't a sight gag. It was just a gag. Yeah. Um, and you, look, you're right. I reckon... To be quite honest, having known Steve Johnson, the race car driver, for for a very long time, I don't know when he became Stevie J. I mean, is Steve? I'm not an AFL guy, right? Is does the Steve Johnson that played, or as David would call him, the old Geelong football player? <laughs> uh, did he was he known as Stevie J as well, or was he known as Steve Johnson? Well, some people, uh, no, I'd re- most people would call him Stevie J, and I blame yeah, right. all his stuff on Stevie Johnson. He started this thing, and mm-hmm. people are just doing it everywhere. There you go. It, so. is, it is a lot of fun, though, being able to – the fact that you can confuse the two, which is quite amusing. Um, <laughs> do you know who, Do you know what you can't confuse? What's that? Nims Azor and Matt McKeldin. No one sounds <laughs> yeah, like those yeah, two. Yeah, that's true. None of us. There's not two alike. In fact, that's why when I do go to super Supercars events, when we get the odd fan that comes and says hello, uh, and I, I heartily <laughs> welcome it, too. It's, it's, first off, it's great to press the flesh and mm. sort of see you guys out in public. And, you know, we're just as approachable on – as we are on the racetrack, as we are on our socials, at mm. Driver's Seat Show on all the majors if you want to get in touch. But um, it is nice because I, I always get the brief moment of like, I don't want to assume, but are you nymphs? And I'm like, <laughs> got it in one, mate. But yeah, but yeah it's always Well, because if, you've ne- if, you've not, if you're not familiar with nymphs, folks, he is, uh, he is of Sri Lankan descent uh, and bald, uh, follically like a challenged. Yeah. And, so, and that's, that's what you literally look like. You either look like if you, depending on what you're wearing on the day, you look like a Malteser, or if you're wearing your red uh, Dick Johnson racing jacket, you look like a Jaffa. That's all I'm saying. It, it's it's pretty funny too because uh, <laughs> the last time someone did spot me was at Sandown during one of the Speed mm. Series events, mm. and uh, literally what what I was what I was told was like, "Names yeah, right?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." Oh, good to mate, good to meet you. Love the show. Da 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 da. Yeah, I, I knew it would be you because you said you were going to be wearing uh, Michael Caruso's Norton Hornets <laughs> shirt. There you go. Whereas um, no one knows who I am at a racetrack, and I kind of like it that way. It's perfect. <laughs> Now, we've we've got to get into some hard and fast news here first, because the big breaking news that came out, and I don't know if you were shocked by this, Matty Mac, because we've heard a whole bunch of rumours and innuendo and a bunch of Mm. scuttlebutt, Mm. but uh, Shane Van Gisbergen re-signs with Triple Eight. Oh, mate, I was on the hot lap. Mm. And what did he do, Nimsy, as you have put it over the years with re-signing? He's re-signed! There we go. <laughs> um, was I surprised? Uh, look, I, yeah, probably. I think I was surprised with the timing of it and how early it was. I'm not surprised that he did re-sign with Red Bull Racing. I just expected it to come a little bit later on in the year. I didn't expect it after round two. Um, I know he still doesn't like these cars. I mean, he just doesn't. He doesn't like these cars. 
I think what he likes is the challenge of trying to make these cars work for him, for his driving style, to make it a better supercar for him, um, which is a bit of a scary prospect because if he doesn't like these things and he's still winning everything, imagine what he's like when he's got control over these things. It's going to be oh, yeah. like him back the last couple of years. So um, I think if the rest of the supercars field right now, you want to take every opportunity while SVG is trying to work out this Rubik's Cube. If you've got yours worked out, you want to get in there and have a real crack as hard as you can go because when he comes on strong, whenever that may be, um, yeah, he'll be unbelievable. So am I surprised? Not surprised. I'm just surprised that now that he's done it um, two rounds in. I would have thought it would have been later on in the year. Now, here's the here's the thing that I thought was very interesting because we obviously, when the news came out, we popped it up on our socials, and I'd, I'd love to hear what you've got to say too. 0433-981116. Roy, we will get to your texts in just a moment uh, uh, on the old temper text line, 0433-981116. But obviously, because it's it was some pretty big news, uh, having your reigning champion um, mm-hmm. re-sign and recommit to the sport, mm-hmm. the uh, response was mixed to say the least. Because just looking at our socials, at Driver's Seat Show, we had uh, Angelo go and put a little vomit emoji. Uh, Yeah, but Angelo's, uh, to be fair, Angelo doesn't put anything but negativity on our socials. Mm -hmm. So, and you could do that. It's it's just as much your social too there, Angelo. But I'd I'd love to see Angelo put something positive just Mm. for once. And there was another one too. Hayden said, oh, and here I was hoping he'd bugger off to America. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think he will. Hey, Doss, I think he will. I think he's. I think he's definitely going to get uh, a skid in a NASCAR this year. There is a, a NASCAR team that does a like a wild card thing. It's a it's a team called Trackhouse Racing. They've had Jensen Button in a car. They've had Kimi Raikkonen in a car. And I think you will find this year there is an expectation that SVG will jump in to a NASCAR on a road course somewhere. And in fact, I believe in Chicago they're going to have the first ever street race uh, around Chicago for a NASCAR. And uh, he could pop up there because that would be that would be sensational. Heavily linked to that seat, um, and I think he, he on the uh, he spoke to AVL on the Castrol Motorsport News podcast mm. and briefly touched on it, saying that you know he would love to do it, but it's just there's a lot of moving parts here. But uh, one interesting thing that I did think about it was they said it's a multi-year deal. It's a multi-year deal, but they didn't say how many years it was. <laughs> No, I I think from what I'm understanding, it's to the end of uh, 2026. I think it's a three-year deal. I think it's 24, 25, 26. Could be wrong, but I, that's from what I understand. They never, or well, they very rarely, Red Bull ever put a um, uh, put a time stamp on these things. They just sure. say it's DJ, a multi-year deal. DJR did the same thing as well too. They did, but I do believe that, uh, ADP, Anton Di Pasquale and uh, Davison are under contract until the end of this year because the, it, it opens up a whole question about where Waters is going to go for next year, Cam Waters, because he's off contract at the end of this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, w- where would be the natural progression? If he wanted to leave Tickford, where would he go? And, you know, there's, there's very few places, but one of them is a DJR seat. Arguably, is that more competitive? Don't know. If it was still DJR Penske, I think we'd see him there. But um, you know, there's questions about that. There's there's a possibility, I guess, at WAU, but I'm not sure you'd want to go up against Chaz because Chaz has made himself, you know, um, the centre of that team, the nucleus of that team. So yeah, yeah, I, I I don't 
know where he would go, but as far as I'm aware, the Red Bull thing is till uh, till the end of 26. Uh, 0433981116 if you've got your thoughts on Stevie J. Uh, not Stevie J, sorry, on um, SVG staying and the ramifications it has on the silly season. When we talk about Cam Waters, you've been quite vocal in saying that, uh, and a lot of people have said this too, that Cam is too good for that team. Yep. Uh, yeah, it, I think he is. It's it's just a, it's not harsh. It's just like, it's like, like sometimes you just see, like, you know, everyone talks about Gary Ablett, the Geelong legend. No one ever talks about Gary La- Gary Ablett, the Hawthorne player. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? No, like, it, it takes, no. sometimes it takes, a sp- and you argue too, using Chaz as an, as an example, mm. since he made the jump to WAU, I mean, yes, he won a Bathurst at Tickford and multiple race winner, Ford mm. Hero, but he kind of went to a next level when he went to WAU, didn't he? Oh, I don't know if I agree with that. I think I think because um, Chaz was a was a multiple race winner um, and won Bathurst with Tickford as well. If you remember, um, I think what was happening. I think, and I shouldn't. I'm not speaking on Mostert's behalf here. Yep. But I've I've been very vocal to say I don't think Tickford can win a championship. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you look at their history, they've been around for, I don't know, 10 or 11 years right now. And the only one that's ever won one was Frosty in one year. And so I, I'm not entirely sure, and I don't know why, and I'm always quite critical of Tickford. They've got all the resources in the world. They've got four cars. They've got a good Super 2 program. Why can't they get it over the top of a Red Bull or a WAU consistently? Because they just don't. And they're multiple, I don't think- multiple times Super 2 winners as well. Absolutely. and I, But I just don't think in the main game, I think – they're, they're the third. Well, anyone behind Red Bull at the moment, um, and maybe er- – I mean, Erebus has got to do a little bit more winning before I say that they got, they're a real championship threat. They look good at the moment, but, they, but they, they, we're too early in their, in their good form cycle, if, that, if, they, if you want to put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, WAU are inconsistent as well. Tickford is wildly inconsistent. So is Penrite. No one – so on their day, a lot of these teams can beat Red Bull on their day. The problem is there's not enough days for any of them. Red Bull <laughs> continues to be consistently faster long-term over a season than any of these other teams. On the day, they're good enough. They just don't have enough good enough days. They just don't have enough good enough days. Yeah, um, and, and you're right too, like – that's the thing that sort of separates the great teams from the good. Because even when t- the mere fact that you can count all of Triple H's bad days on one hand, uh, and you can collectively sort of add up, oh, it was great. Like WA, you were great at this circuit, or oh, how good was BJR on this circuit? You know, whereas there's not really a weak a weak link in uh, Triple H. No, no, there's 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 not. And uh, one of the things I've seen with the new car for this year, Nimsy, is I mean, we saw we saw SVG make. Isn't it amazing when you make just one little mistake, how big it stands out? Yeah. Um, and he made one mistake that, that over the back of the circuit to put the car into the fence, and, and obviously he missed one of the practice sessions. But um, uh, yeah, they are still wildly consistent, and um, you've got to do – one of the things I think has been so impressive about Erebus and particularly about that Grand Prix uh, result for Brody Kostecki was that he didn't just beat him once. Like he beat him a couple of times and he took the round and he's leading the championship. So now arguably he wouldn't be leading the championship if triple eight hadn't lost their results from Newcastle. I get it. But um, if 
this weekend in Perth, Erebus comes out again and is dominant again. That's just another indication that they might be there or thereabouts. If we get two or three rounds down here and SVG is getting hassled by Brody or, or Will consistently and Brock consistently, then I'd call Erebus a real chance. But right now, for mine, even though they lost their results from Newcastle, I still think Red Bull and SVG are going to win the championship. Yeah, yeah, very much so. I mean, just look at the stats. SVG, third in the championship, just 86 points behind Brody, 54 points behind Chaz, who's second in the championship. But uh, before we take a quick break, and we'll catch up with Brock Feeney. 0433-981116 is our number. Uh, Peter in Munta Bay has got a rather... A rather important little message. A big happy birthday to the big dick. Indeed. Yeah, Dick Johnson. Big uh, Big dick's birthday. Celebrate. 78 he is today, I think. Is he really? Yeah. Good on him. And he'll be, I assume, heading over to Perth. Uh, But, yeah, good for him. Uh, Yeah, happy birthday, DJ. Some lovely things we're all posted online today, and, and he'll uh, hate that we're doing this too. He, he's absolutely he's, well. He's going to hate you because you gave his age away. Oh, yeah. uh, but yes, um, <laughs> but yeah, some lovely things posted by the family today, and fans and supporters, and you know, like he's a good man. And oh, I sent him a text message. He responded. He didn't have to respond. It's just he's just you know a good bloke. So good on you, DJ, the big seventy eight. Yeah, very much so. And uh, just quickly too, before we get to our first break, um, hi guys. This one's from Matt in Upper. Guys, I recently heard an interview with SVG and you described the new Gen 3 cars as an engineer's car and not really a driver's car. But multiple other drivers have said the exact opposite. Is he spinning some bulltish or is this why he is that much better than the rest? Uh, Matty, that's why he is this much better than the rest, to be quite frank. Um, uh, it is a driver's car and I think we've seen that with Brody. You know, Brody loves these things because you just, you know, you just got to, you got to, grab it around the throat and give and give it a good shake to get speed out of it. Um, S, SVG won't like these things until he's dominantly winning again. And then he'll come out and say, oh, well, you know, it was good. They're good now, I suppose. But um, right now, uh, I think he loves, he loves a rally car and is placed in, the, in his class in the World Rally Championship on debut. He knows how to drive a car that's a little bit out of control. Yep. So I think he's spinning a bit, and I, it'll be interesting to see how he goes this weekend because I think with a couple of the changes they've made during the last in-between rounds, Nimsy, I think it's going to suit him quite well. So we'll see how he goes in Perth. Uh, 0433-981116 is the number if you want to get in touch. Keep your text messages coming in. Uh, it is the driver's seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. Together we are shaping Australia and New Zealand. Don't go anywhere. We're going to chat to Brock Feeney next. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. It is great to have your company here on the driver's seat. 0433-981116 is the number if you'd like to get in touch on the Temper 40 Wings. Wings? Jeez. <laughs> 40 Wings? <laughs> no, thanks. I'll have 40 Nuggets, mate, but not 40 Wings. <laughs> on the Temper 40 Wings text, 0433-981116 is the number. Here's one from Roy. Funny story, guys. My cousin isn't really sporty, and his kids and Stephen Johnson, the footballer, go to the same school. They got a play date happening this weekend, and he asked me, what should I talk about? I asked, 
I replied, ask him how his three wins were from 419 <laughs> races and 16 podiums. Looking forward to hearing his reply. <laughs> that, That's very funny. That Enjoy that a, play date. That's that very is a very smarty pants uh, sort of response. Yes. There, in fact, Roy also texted in, Nimsy, one of the best producers in the business. Great work on the SEN network. Question for you guys. Too kind. Wh- Too kind <laughs> where, were you, uh, where were you on the historic moment? realising that Peter Brock had passed away. Personally, I was in Perth and felt numb. He was an icon of Australian racing, of course, in the context of Dick Johnson turning 78 today. We we don't have Peter with us. Um, I can tell you very clearly, Roy, I was coming out of Wet n' Wild on the Gold Coast. Um, I got a phone call from my then partner to tell me, and uh, I'm good mates with James Brock, Pete's son, so... We, I was trying to get in touch with him, obviously couldn't. And, yeah, I, mate, it's a shock and a loss to this very day. And uh, he was an icon. He was a very naughty boy, our Peter Brock. I can give you the strong tip. <laughs> but we loved him nonetheless. He was a lovable rogue, fantastic with his fans, uh, and we miss him dearly. And every time something happens in Perth, um, yeah, we think about the great man. But, um, uh, yeah, I was there. I, I, would, I wouldn't imagine you'd have even known where you were when you Peter know, died, were you? I, I actually can't remember where I was because I was at my uh, I was at my folks' place, and it literally it came on the little ticker at the bottom of the news. Yeah, there you go. It, that, yep. it was it was massive because it was the same week too that um, Steve Irwin, Steve Irwin, also yeah. uh, tragically passed away too. So not a great yeah. time to be an Aussie legend then. No, it was not a great time, and um, uh, what it shows you, Roy, and and everyone that that what we do from a motorsport perspective is clearly exceptionally dangerous. But there are still levels of danger. And one of the most dangerous components of our sport is uh, tarmac rallies. We ha- we've had four deaths at the Target Tasmania in the last two years, which is why there's now been an inquiry and there's new recommendations handed down and a genuine real question as to whether Target Tasmania will ever continue. But what I say to – what I had to say to my kids, because my kids made me promise after Peter's death that I would never do – a tarmac rally um, because the reality is if Pete can die, I can easily die. So um, I, I've committed to never doing a, a, um, a tarmac rally because here's the thing. Trees don't bend. No. You can bounce off a car. You we, you know, we saw Gricey's accident earlier in the year in, in uh, the, the Trans Am. Um, Simpson got rolled over. You can hit a barrier. You can do all that sort of stuff. But when you go off a, a road at 160K an hour and you hit a 150-year-old seven-foot-wide gum tree, it's not going to pull the gum tree out of the ground. You no. are going to stop very, very suddenly which is, you know, in my old job in driver training, that's the ultimate fear and the ultimate fear for our kids that skylarking go off the road, hit a tree. Like, have you ever noticed, Nimsy, it's a bit of a sidebar, but you ever noticed when you're driving in the country or you're driving somewhere and you see a cross on the side of the road and it's at a tree or a light pole Mm -hmm. or something like that? Because when we're driving, we look at what we don't want to hit and we drive straight to it. Yep. It's fact. We We become target fixated. So... Um, uh, you just need to be so careful on the roads, particularly in the country, um, that you just don't go into a tree or a pole because it it's it's it has awful ramifications. Yeah, very much so. And uh, it, it, I, I can still remember too because like even if you weren't um, even if you weren't a motorsport fan, Peter Brock mm. was so much more than just motorsport, especially to being uh, here in Melbourne. I don't know what it was like. Uh, 
around the country. It was everywhere. I, I'm sure it was, it was I'm sure it was everywhere. But because like here in Melbourne, he yeah. was very heavily linked to as well the uh with the O five, the point oh five uh yep. being the legal limit of uh, yep. of BAC, what you can blow over over the limit. Like that was his yep. big thing too. Like he was so strongly linked to that. So oh, look, it was synonymous. Mate, he was king of he was king of Moomba. Um he was big on the O five national campaign. He's obviously synonymous also with the uh, Collingwood Football Club being a big supporter there, but we have a national sport, so he raced all around the country. So those who are both motorsport devotees and those that were just casual people knew exactly who Peter Brock was, and and it was awful when he died, and that was the reason he got a state funeral in Victoria because he was so widely well-known and the streets were crowded with people uh, during his funeral, it was it was terrible. But anyway, Roy, we're not going to thank you for marking that, and and thank you for bringing yep. up Peter's name. Uh, we do like to talk to him uh, about him on the odd occasion, uh, but you know we look forward to Perth this weekend and all the good things that we've we've got coming up, including Renee Gracie's return <laughs> to racing at the GTs, which the big G, <laughs> the big G, has texted in. If you haven't seen it, Renee Gracie, who is a former racing driver who turned into an adult entertainer, she's making her comeback this weekend uh, at Perth. And on her car, there was a QR code on the front left and right uh, guards of a QR code that if you scan that QR code, took you through to her uh, to her adult entertainment site. <laughs> Correct. Um, and it has now that QR code has now been removed. Big G's question was, do you think supercars had something to do with the QR, car, QR code being removed from Ren's car? Oh, maybe. Uh, either that or um, a, a broadcast question, Big G. Um, you know, I, I, I'm on the record of saying I don't really care that Renee's back yeah. and that she's sponsored by you know, her partner in OnlyFans, I don't really care. Go Yardis, whatever. Um, I probably agree that you shouldn't be able to give those standing around link. the car a yep. direct link to that kind of thing. But, um, you know, I, I, I've seen some some awful things on social media in the last two weeks about Renee coming back uh, and awfully judgmental people out there um, uh, making comments about what she has chosen to do for a living. I think it is... I think it's absolutely disgusting because I, when we've got cars sponsored by alcohol brands and betting brands and other bits and pieces, you're going to tell me OnlyFans is, da- is as damaging as what some of those brands could be accused of being uh, as damaged? I, give me, turn it up, will you? Yeah. So, look, let her go. Let her have a race. See how she goes. Who cares? Move on. And uh, the thing that is overlooked about this too is, like, Renee Grace, she's actually she's a race car driver. Like, it, she, it's, not she like it's not like someone has just decided to – you know, jump off the street and be like, she didn't win a competition that said, yes, I'd love to not, not have a crack <laughs> yeah, at uh, Cam Waters who did that. But yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, you're right. She was well before she chose what she's chosen to do now, which by the way is entirely legal and entirely her choice. Um, she was a race driver. She's done multiple Bathurst 1000s. Is she a good race driver? Oh, her results would probably say no. Um, but, but again, there's some, this, and I'll put it out there. I know Renee, um, from from my my uh, personal life, um, from uh, we used to work like, together like and the motorsport world and all that sort of stuff. Together so so many point, people yeah. in this industry know Renee personally. Um, the reality is, when before she chose what she's chosen to do for a living now, she was absolutely smashed up horrendously on social media for just being her and just being a racing driver. So 
that smashed her up mentally and emotionally. She's gone away. She's now chosen what she's doing, and now she's getting smashed up again. So quite frankly, I don't think Renee could give two shits about what anyone <laughs> thinks about her, to be quite frank, because the knockers knocked her well before, and now they're back again having another crack. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think we – yeah, I, Renee, good luck to you, love. Yep. Go mental, go crazy. I'll be really interested to see how she goes. And if that's what she wants to do, so be it. And there was a former Formula One world champion, by the way, who came out in public and said, I would paint a big pink penis on the side of my car <laughs> if someone wanted to pay for me to go racing. So – this is not a new thing. So yeah. anyway, we didn't mean to make it about Ren, but you go crazy, Ren, have fun, and hopefully she gets a result. Also, uh, David, who texted in a little bit earlier on uh, 0433 98 11 16, uh, to, put it, to put it, as Gary Lyon would say. So you can have a spell and off into the knob file. <laughs> oh, yeah, Dave was, yes, Dave was sending multiple text messages in. So that we couldn't read on air and wouldn't read on air. So, Dave, sorry, mate, you're in the knob file for, I think, about a month. But anyway, and just before we go talking about um, uh, the dangers of our sport and Peter Brock and all that sort of stuff, look at horse racing this week. Michael just text in, I look forward to driving uh, like horse racing when we hop in the car that there is no risk, but because we love what we do, you do it. Mm. And you're right. Any sport carries risk. And, and, you know, that we saw the death this week in horse racing. It can happen to anyone. So... Anyway, that's all very deep for the driver's seat. Can we just flick all that deep stuff off and get back to taking the P155 (laughs) out of each other? That'd be great. Very much so. We'll take a quick break, reset, because we will get to Brock Feeney. On the other side of this, 0433981116 (laughs) is our number. Keep your text messages coming in. Jeez, who would have thought it'd be be like us to get sidetracked and go off on tangents? Oh, I know, right? I know. It's very uncharacteristic. I don't get paid for, I don't get paid by the word. (laughs) If I did that, I'd be a multi squillion. That's farcial. Mm. We could then, we could then go GT having racing. A good year. Oh, Speaking still... of diversion, aren't St Kilda having a good year? Don't wow. Want, I don't want to jinx it. Don't want to jinx oh, it. Oh, no, I know you're a St Kilda man. <laughs> but, you know, just, with Ross Lyon and the farcial, I just thought, yeah, Long they're having a good suffering year. suffering St Kilda fans too. I could oh, really? This. It's very funny too because like during breakfast and throughout the show, like no one at St Kilda, we, even, we haven't even cracked open the lid yet. Collingwood mm. and all these other clubs that lids off. We're all going <laughs> absolutely bonkers. North Melbourne, after one quarter of footy, the lid is off. <laughs> St Kilda, top of the ladder, a good percentage. No, nah, we're, we're just going to play. Is that there. like Jack Smith having a good qualifying session and saying, I've arrived finally, my, my talent is being... Well, put it this way. If, North it, this would be like, imagine uh, imagine Jack had, in th- when he gets the three rounds, he's got the orange stickers on the front of his car. Oh. And we were to chat to Bradley. I'm sure Brad would go, yeah, let's just see how it Let's just wait and see. We'll take a quick break. Brock Feedy on the other side of this. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. <laughs> it is the driver's seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. Remember, you can rev up your smartphone with the driver's seat app. It's available in the App Store. Uh, it, it, no matter how many, we've done this show for seven years, mm. and uh, I always get we always have a good old yarn during the ad breaks because it's it's yeah. our, it's like our weekly visit to the pub. Absolutely, <laughs> and. Every and then time we get caught with five seconds to go, <laughs> uh, it's always we'll, we'll be we'll be solving all the world's problems, and all of a sudden, I'm like, oh Jesus, ten seconds <laughs> every time. <laughs> anyway, that was one of those moments there. Um, hey, Michael, who just texted in, I think no, Steve Johnson have got you guys totally sidetracked. You know what? 
You're probably right. You're Michael. probably right. Yeah. He's, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's probably Michael. Right. He he's. Uh, I tend to go off on a bit of a tangent and a bit of a hissy fit occasionally, as you well know. Occasionally, bring in the soapbox and uh, go a bit crazy on that sort of stuff. And so, with no Stevie J here, the voice of reason. Uh, yes, we occasionally just go off. Our Steve Johnson, the one that we Our know. Steve Johnson, <laughs> yeah, okay. yes. Not the old football player Steve Johnson from Geelong. I was apparently. about to say, uh, you're also dead wrong, Michael. If anything, we're more focused mm. because you only have two people that can go off track as opposed to three yeah. people that like to generally go off track. Um, like, have you ever watched our videos online, Michael? <laughs> jump on jump onto, um, on our socials. Nimsy cuts together usually a, mm-hmm. a, a bit of a, be like uh, a little about snippet. a question or something like that. I'm always writing. I'm always taking notes, ready to answer an ask. I'm captain prepared. <laughs> what, just watch Steve Johnson. You, you don't, you, I'm not entirely sure Steve's ever alive. When uh, you, you just got to wait for a blink or a <laughs> watch him. It's, it's like that episode of The Simpsons where they go into Homer's brain and there's that little car, uh, yeah. little car with the bear driving it. <laughs> yes. So uh, I love it when he's on here because we can have a crack. And right now he's about thirty thousand feet over. Oh yeah, he won't somewhere. hear this till tomorrow morning at nah. the very least. No, nah. and then he'll be too busy. Don't forget. <laughs> um, 0433 We'll get to our chat with Brock Feeney in just a tick, but I do want to answer this text from Matt from Freeman's Reach. Hey, mm. fellas, regarding pit order for next year, why not follow a system similar to what NASCAR use, live championship orders, select what garages they want for the following round, as some pit lanes have different sized gaps between garages, alleyways and such, things like that. Teams up front may select pits with a clearer approach or exit. That sounds a bit more confusing than what we got right now, though, Matt. Yeah, um, yeah, right, Matty, I'm not entirely sure that. Like, if we look at the NAS, if you look at NASCAR and, in fact, IndyCar as well, they work on their cars back in a garage, and then they have like these pit, um, pit. I don't know, like they're li- like little, they're kind of like little truck things that bring all the spares out and all the tools and the tires and the air and all that sort of stuff. At which the point the strategists and the crew chief sit on top of those watching screens. You got to remember with supercars, our guys pull up to the back of the garage with their full entire trucks, and they jump their cars out, and that's the garage they work from. We're kind of, in some ways, not set up to be mobile. Uh, in between rounds, and we've got multiple car teams. Stevie J said it last week. You could have two FBR cars up in one end of the, um, in one end of pit lane, and and the others another way. I I just in, I'm not entirely sure that this is a strategic. I I don't think this is a workable solution. In fact, the cynic in me says that it was brought out to try and deflect a little bit of a little bit of negativity about what's happening with Gen 3, like, you know, the the whole magician's sleight of hand trick. Oh, yep. look, we're live pit laning over here. <laughs> Meanwhile, COG, get the COG right on the Gen 3 cars. Get the COG so, right, as, we, as uh, uh, Team Edwards frantically tries to mm, rebuild a car that was mm, on fire. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah. I, look, I, it'll be interesting. I, I don't think it would work. Um Matty, but we'll, we'll wait and see for next year. And let's, it'll be interesting to see if all of these innovations that keep coming up, like we're running digital numbers on the cars That's this right, weekend. The LEDs, we'll chat about LEDs, that a little bit later. Um, I'm not, it'll be interesting to see when we get Gen 3 right, whether all these innovations suddenly stop because we don't have to be distracted from the fact that Gen 3 is not right yet. So yeah. that's the cynic in me. That's the cynic in me. Probably see. a bit of truth to that as well. Um, 0433-981116, get your text messages in on the temper text line. Uh, but we have been promising this. Roy. <laughs> we... <laughs> Roy, what are you doing? We've been, uh, maybe, he's on his, maybe he's on his way to Wanneroo. You never know. Mm. Um, we've been chatting about this for ages and ages. Uh, we got to get to our feature interview. In fact, let's just get straight to his intro. Brock Feeney, take it back. 
Matty, sounds like an absolutely glittering career of a supercars veteran, doesn't it? <laughs> it's a fair start, really, isn't it, uh, to Brock's main game career. And I want to talk to him about it in just a second about a couple of things. But um, yes, I, I think if you look back at first years, uh, he had a he had a very acceptable first year. And I think he's starting off his second year just as well, if not a little better. He's, I'd say he's doing a lot better the second time around. And we haven't even got to round number three, but he's over in the wild, wild west at the moment, looking to add to his win list. So please welcome back to the driver's seat, the one and only Brock Feeney. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Jeez, that was a, that's one of the best intros I've had. That's very cool. <laughs> <laughs> and and the thing is, Brock, that doesn't even include all your GT wins and podiums and other bits and pieces. Pole positions. Your, and... <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's just your supercar stuff. So if Nimsy really had a deep dive into the library, that could have probably gone for another uh, another yeah. thirty seconds. Um, mate, round three, you've you've had a good start to, as Nimsy said, a pretty good start to twenty twenty three. I mean, Newcastle. I know you didn't get to keep it, but Newcastle, that podium was pretty sensational. You were competitive again at the Grand Prix. You'd have to be looking pretty forward to uh, Perth this weekend, I'd have thought. Yeah, I am. It it has been a good start to the year, and I suppose considering it was such a big unknown coming into the start of the season, it's been good to, I suppose, kickstart the year with a few podiums, a win, a pole. Um, And as you said, we're only two rounds into the championship, so... Definitely feel like we're in the mix a lot more this year um, and just keen to get back out on track. I mean, I've been very busy since the last race, but I'm super keen to get back out in, in these cars and, and get back to racing. And that's the thing, I reckon, because if we if you were still in a Gen 2 car, um, I'm not as convinced that... Uh, this year would have started off as positively because there are so many veterans within our sport now that had so much time in those Gen 2 cars and they were so developed. I reckon this being a new car leveled the playing field off beautifully and now allows someone, you know, the likes of your talent, Brody Kostecki's talent, to, to perhaps shine just that little bit more. Would you agree with that? Um, yeah, I think it. It certainly has been a level playing field, but um, I suppose we ended last year on a pretty good note as well. In <laughs> you the did old too, car. yes. yes um, but yeah, no, I, I like this this year. I think it's great for me. I've had a year under my belt. Um, gaining experience at all the tracks, you know, all the strategy, the tyres, everything that goes on with it. And then to come in this year and still, I don't have the experience that the other guys does, but I have drove a lot of cars. I've now got a year under my belt. And maybe I don't have as many preconceived ideas. So, um, for sure, there's there's quite a few young blokes up there this year challenging it, which I think is is certainly good for the sport. Now, Brock, obviously last year the big thing was you know you're a rookie, oh you're filling in J Dub seat. Then all of a sudden you go and absolutely blitz it in Adelaide, and you have all these strong results from last year. Man, just looking at your stats, if out of the uh, 34 races you finished in the uh, in the top 10 25 times, three podiums, absolute stellar effort for a, for a rookie now all of a sudden it's just like oh well you know he's going to be a championship contender this year and bloody bloody blah, blah, blah so it's literally you've gone from the shallow end to the deep end in terms of hype like how have you sort of dealt with it 
with all the added attention on you? Yeah, uh, to be honest, I don't think about, I suppose, the outside stuff or, or really too much what other people think. It probably only fires me up more in a way. But, um, yeah, I, last year was, I suppose, now you look back on it a little bit more that it's in the past. But it was a, it was a really good first year. Um, we had a lot of good results and, and we were pretty consistent throughout the year. I think finished sixth in the rookie season it was certainly... Certainly happy with that, but the biggest thing was making the step up for this year and obviously got the win last year and I wanted to come into this year and, and certainly be in the mix more often and we've only done two of the 12 rounds, but I feel like we've definitely made a big step up. I know the cars are different, but I feel a lot more comfortable um, up the front. I feel like um, hopefully I can I can be there week in, week out and, and as you said, hopefully I am in that talk to be be there for the rest of the year so it's been it's been very cool but at the same time like it's crazy to think that only 12 months ago i only competed in two events and, <laughs> and here i am 12 months later talking like this it's pretty crazy and in fact i wanted to ask you about that like if we if we if i can indulge you uh if you can indulge me and jump back in the time machine back to 2021 where you were Super 2 champion, you were cooking along nicely. You got announced that you were going to be Jamie's replacement and the new driver at, at Red Bull, which was all really cool. What about 2022 shocked you that you weren't ready for, that you thought, you know, I'm ready. I, I, I'm ready at the, end of 22, at the end of 2021. I'm going to jump into this this new car and, I, I, and I'm going to do my best and I'm going to do all that sort of stuff. When you did then eventually graduate and get into the main game and all that sort of stuff, was there anything there, whether it be inside the car or outside the car, that you just didn't expect? I mean, attention or... Um, the data dumps or um, the aggression with the main game guy. Was there anything that just blew your mind once you eventually did make that big step? I don't think there was anything that blew my mind in like, how crazy is this? And I suppose a lot of that goes back to how well the team prepared me in 2021 um, with the Super 2 campaign and also the wildcard campaign. We worked really closely, you know, with the, with the Arbar guys in that wildcard program. And, you know, I was obviously working with Russell and, and all those guys. So the, the biggest thing for me last year was just gaining that experience. And for sure, there, there's a lot of things, you know, racing the guys is, was a lot tougher than what it was in Super 2. But, um, you know, time management and, and just learning off my teammates. I mean, that's, that's probably been the biggest key. And when I look back at it, I go to, I go to like the start of the year, I'm like, Tazzy, I got a podium and I didn't, I was just hanging on. I was just driving the car as fast as I could. Whereas now I'm probably thinking about things a little bit more. And and that's just because I, I raced the full season of supercars and I got that experience. So um, that's obviously why I feel more comfortable this year. I feel like I've, I've done a little bit. um, And I know a tiny little percentage more than I did last year. Which is, Again, I was thinking about your situation today. What I love about your situation and what I think why you're in such a great situation is that when you have a teammate like SVG, who is understandably and notedly probably viewed as the most dominant driver right now in supercars, he's absolutely the benchmark. There was no pressure on you 
necessarily externally. There may be internally, but not externally, I don't reckon. There is no expectation or pressure for you to beat SVG. In fact, there's no, I don't reckon there was an expectation that you would jump into the chair and be the next Jamie Wynn Cup. So that pressure was gone. There was no expectation necessarily externally for you to beat Shane Van Gisbergen. So even though it's one of the two perceived best cars in supercars, I don't think there was. I think it, I think you were in the most perfect position to be able to come in and chip away at it and get the odd result because your talent obviously stands. You, you you don't you're not a super three champion and a super two championship and foot champion for nothing. You've, <laughs> you've got the talent, but I reckon you are in of all the rookies coming into the hip, the biggest team because you've got such a dominant teammate in SVG. I reckon you are in the perfect position. Yeah, I do too. And as people looked at it in a lot of different ways and they went, well, you're going up against the best guy, so it's going to be tougher for you. But, I mean, I, like to be the best, you've got to beat the best. And, Correct. And, and just, I mean, just the environment, being able to be around him and, and learn off him in what was the most dominant year ever in supercars. Mm-hmm. I mean, to win how many races he did last year and for me I was the guy sitting right next to him I was in the car um, in, a, in the same car I was looking at the data and I was learning off him a lot and um, and obviously I still am to this day and and will be into the future but um, it's yeah people looked at it two different ways I thought it was awesome um, some people didn't think it was going to be a good thing but it turns out I think after one year I think it all went well I mean, we still won the team's championship. I don't think many people probably picked that at the start of last year. So, uh, no, I've, I've really enjoyed working with him. It's been awesome. And, um, yeah, I appreciate the help that he gives me because it's not, it's not one-sided in this team. It's, it's both cars, and we're trying to make sure that we're one to as, as many times as possible. And, mate, we're going to let you go because we know you've got an appearance to, uh, to get off to. But based on what you just said then, when you do – step up that next level again and you're going toe-to-toe and, and beating SVG. Um, as good as that team is, when does the help stop? When does the support stop? Because now, at some point, I think it's a fair expectation that you're going to beat him. Can you see that equilibrium shifting or do you think, as as far as you can see in the future, it's going to stay the way it is? No, it works both ways, I think. Um, and I suppose there's been a couple of times this year where we've both got to lean on each other and learn off each other. Um, even la- even last year, you know what I mean? That maybe there'd be a corner on the track that I'd, I'd find something and do it a bit different and, and might be a little bit quicker or whatever it is. And, and we learn off each other. But obviously for the past 14 months, it's been probably 99% him giving me advice. <laughs> um, but yeah, as I said, we're, we're a big team here. Obviously if, it's it's what we want to be doing. We want to be battling each other for race wins rather than the other guys. We want our team cars to be one and two. And um, yeah, I've I, I don't think there's going to be a problem moving forward. I think we'll keep helping each other out. And as long as it's two way street, it'll it'll always work. Well, I think it's it's funny too because you've got you guys seem to have a perfect relationship there, and you sort of see the uh, like it really is a team of equals. And I know a lot. It it might sound silly to have a second year supercar driver with a three time champ and a two time Bathurst winner 
for me to say that I reckon you guys are both on an equal playing field, but the way that the team has given you guys the tools to do that is really cool. And the fact that you guys work together so well is a testament to the strength of uh, Triple H. But uh, Brock, I know you got to run. You've got a stack load of appearances before you even hit the track on Friday. So make sure you check out uh, both Red Bull drivers at the many appearances. You can find all of that on their socials. But uh, Brock, it's been an absolute pleasure getting you on board again. We look forward to seeing you when you're in our neck of the woods. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me back on again. Appreciate it. Great to chat to a young Brock Feeney there. He's, i got to say this, like, Remember when Roland Dane uh, sort of stood down mm. and everyone was like, oh, what's going, what's going to be a big shake of a triple eight? <laughs> oh, geez. They're going to be down the back of pit lane. Oh, I hope they like being back markers. Nothing's yeah. changed. They, what an outfit. Yeah. No, oh, they are, I was going to say they are the McLaren of uh, supercars. They're much better than the McLaren. <laughs> um, they're, look, they're, they're, the, they're the Red Bull Formula One of, of, of supercars. Um Part of any team, and you know, we obviously go out to a country that is football crazy. If you're, mm. if you've got a football team and it has no depth, then you're very one-dimensional. Um, Red Bull's got unbelievable engineering depth, marketing depth, management depth, and driver depth. They just do. So yeah, even though that rich uncle Roland stepped back, it wasn't in any way, shape, or form ultimately going to hurt the hurt the uh, the team. But having said all of that. As much as Rich Uncle Roland says he's rolled out of the team, don't you worry. He still knows what's going on down there you know, at Red Bull. It's actually, it's actually funny because if we're going to use football terms, like let's look – just got to look at like, um, like teams like Hawthorne mm-hmm. had a dynasty. Absolutely. Uh, and now yeah. they're towards the back end. You use NRL, the Sydney Roosters. So, Holden Racing Team. Yeah, yes, yeah, things like that. So, so everyone yeah. has their time yeah. in the sun, and yeah, everyone absolutely. seems to find their way down the other end of the pool. Well, look at McLaren in Formula One and look at them now. You know, they're they a, they a former shadow of what they are, what they were. You know, McLaren were dominant in Formula One, and now they're, you know, nowheresville. Know so it. you're right, Nimsy. Everyone has their moment in the sun, and right now, could be for a decade, but right now it's Red Bull Racing. We've got a bunch of texts that we've got to get to, but we'll clear a break and get back to your text messages. 0433-981116 is the number. Righto, Frank. Keep your text messages coming in. There he is. <laughs> what's, what's a text message? We'll have to ask Excellent. Frank. Excellent. 0433-981116. Get your messages coming through. Here on the driver's seat, thanks to Kubota, together we are shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. is the driver's seat for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. Stevens are on Matt McKeldin here. Stevie J is on a big old jet plane, looking very mm. happy about it too. On the Perth bird. <laughs> yes, he, yes, he sent us a WhatsApp message. Didn't look real happy about sitting there for the next four and a half hours, did he? No, it looked like someone was going to mm. give him a clonic irrigation or something on that plane. <laughs> That's how much he was looking forward to Ooh. it. Ooh, righto. <laughs> Ooh. Funny story. Uh, that's mm-hmm. Interesting segue. My mm. dad uh, once had to get one of those camera up there. Um, up the Jaxi. Yep. Yep. That one. Mm-hmm. And he came back rather gingerly after it because I picked him up. He wasn't going to drive home after that. And he's gone to me. He's like, I feel like I've had the big brother house in my house. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Nimsy. He's gone. And you reckon I get sidetracked <laughs> when Steve's not here. <laughs> Where did that story well, just come well, from? He, he's, just, he's just gone like, oh, there were that many cameras. But anyway. Uh, okay. Well, yeah, well, I've always said about that, that it's not the camera guy that frightens me. It's the the it's the it's lighting and sound boom guy <laughs> that freaked me out. 
Oh, gee. Uh, anyway, double. oh, we're pure old. Let's move on. 0488 Welcome to the Wankfest. <laughs> Thank you, Tim. Um, get your text coming through because hopefully our listeners are always good to save us here. Um, here's one from Rob the Ranger in Camden. Absolute, hey, Robbie. Absolute gun. Nice bloke and will compete and win championships in the future because his attitude and aptitude are spot on. That's in reference mm. to Brock Feeney. Agreed, Rob. Rob agreed. Count 100%. Do you remember mm. the first time we got Brock on? Uh, mm. When he was 16, wasn't he? His junior burger. Yeah. yeah. Literally. Mm. Yeah. I think, in fact, I'm pretty sure we call, um, we called him like, he actually had to like fresh, he was fresh back from school. Yes. And uh, we chatted him after he won the Super 2 thing. And he was yes. so, I don't want to say rough around the edges, but he was, he was a kid. That's, yeah. that's just what it was. Well, and it's interesting if you, if you look at that new group of guys coming through, the Junior Burgers, the Brody Kosteckis, the Will Browns, all Will that Browns. sort of stuff. Will Brown's always been a sensational media performer. Kostecki, not so much. But if you listen now, he's a couple of years into his main game career, and if you listen and watch, particularly listen, he's still a bit disjointed on camera because I think he gets quite nervous. But in an interview, he's sensational, much better than what he was. And Brock's a little bit the same as well. But that comes with time and experience, I guess. 100%, very much so. And I think, too... These guys, they've they've grown around like things like social media and vlogs yeah, yeah, and all yeah. that sort of stuff. So they're pretty yeah. good like that. Yeah. Um, another one too, uh, from Greg in Upper Coomera. Hey boys, hey forgot it was Wednesday, but uh, it's been a big week away. Um, anyway, have fun in Darwin, Maddie. Hope your pit is close to the ice bag freezer, and I may get to watch the racing from a real lucky boy. Thank you, Greg. I hope so too, Greg, because I looked at the forecast up there and it's, uh, there's, put it this way, uh, when I'm racing, there's no temperatures that start with a two. They all start with a three. So um, she's going to be pretty warm up there, but got myself a cool suit. Uh, so I'll, I'll down plenty of waters and I'll have, uh, have the cool suit rocking and hopefully I'll get through. Uh, another one here from Bad Graham in Hampton Park. Uh, I read on the social that Lowndes, Scaife, Moffat and Dee Johnson have all been put on Australia Post stamps. Bit of a feather in their caps, but the question is, who still uses stamps? Well, isn't that great? We love the cele- love the public celebration of our legends of the sport, so um, good on them. Fantastic. Uh, I don't know, Bad Graham. I haven't used a stamp in forever, so I don't know. But I'm sure somebody does. It's a bit like those collectible coins. Remember they used to put those out? Yes. Back yeah. in the day, I mean, and, mm. when, and everyone's just got tap and pay these days. I seriously yes. haven't taken my wallet anywhere because I, I don't use it on the phone. Yeah, it's just no. I, I don't use it. You know why I don't use it? Because you have to have you have to have a passcode and or a face passcode if you're going to do it. Understandably, because your bank details are in your. And all I hate passcodes on my phone. <laughs> I hate them. It's I'm too lazy. I just want to pick up my phone, do what I need to it, and put it down again. I don't want to be going. Or have it look at my ugly mush trying to get it to open up. Now I I can tell you right now, because I was also like that too. Because I can never get because it's like double tap this and no look at it Mm, properly and all that sort of stuff. Stand on your head, run around twice. I could never do it, but once I once I figured it out, oh, it is game changing. But uh, each of their own. But the my problem is Nimsy. I'll just take it out and I'll spend it all. (laughs) Yes. You know, I'll, it'll, I'll, I'll just be waving my phone everywhere and it'll, it'll just be picking up everything. So anyway. Just going left, right, um, and up. One here yes. too from Ken in Sandringham. First time, long time, I think, I was going to say, I reckon Ken's a newbie. G'day, Ken. Thanks for texting in. Thanks for jumping my on old, board. That's my old hood, Sandringham. I'm an, El, an old Elwood boy. Old Sandy. Spent plenty time around Sandy and Elwood and Brighton and all that kind of stuff. As a side note, uh, actually, I will, and I'll, I'll get this out and then I'll read um, Ken in Sandringham. You know the Sandy Hotel? 
I do well. I so I went there last year to for one of my aunt's uh, birthdays, and we had dinner mm-hmm. there. And mm. I think I said I said to her when I sat down, it had been years since I last been there. And I said, mm. this place looks so much different in the day. You can enjoy the water. Like you can see the views. Yeah, there's like a that. view. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Sandy's a great place. <laughs> it's a wonderful joint there. But, anyway, uh, yes. Ken Sandringham, your text. Uh, yes, Ken said, I was watching this show uh, called Overhauling. Mm. Yeah, we love Overhauling. With yep. the Shelby Daytona the Savo. The host said, we're very privileged to have Peter Brock on the show, which piqued my ears up, not knowing how old these shows are. Turns out this Peter Brock was the original designer slash builder of the Daytona. Um, he looked about looked 80. looked about 80. Also, yes. didn't the Daily Planet sponsor a car in one of the series? It was plastered all over the car. Uh, so answer, to answer two of your questions there in that text message, Ken, um, yes, the, that was the irony of Peter Brock, our Peter Brock, Australian Peter Brock, dying in a Daytona coupe, was that uh, as much as uh, Peter Brock from the 50s Spelt exactly the same. Wasn't the original designer of the Daytona, but he was employed by Carol Shelby at Shelby America. And he basically took the Daytona and made it into a full-blood race car and worked on all the aerodynamics and all that sort of stuff, which then obviously um, competed at at um, uh, Le Mans and all those sorts of all places. That so um, that was the iron, you know, that's why Pete was in the car because it was, it was the name thing. And ultimately it was the, the car that he died in, but um, yes. Uh, and the daily planet. And this is, if you have just tuned in, this is in respect to a conversation we're having about Renee Gracie racing with OnlyFans on her car and the disgusting uh, treatment she's received online. Mm-hmm. Um, you're a hundred percent. Um, Ken, the Daily Planet was on a Commodore, a VL Commodore, uh, in our in our top touring car class in Group A touring cars, uh, <laughs> um, and for a very long time. With, I would say the dri- the driver. I, you know how when there's someone who's perhaps a little more connected to other folk than we perhaps might be comfortable about a colourful racing identity. Um, <laughs> the driver of of that car was a colourful racing identity. So yes, and we'll just leave it at that, just in case. Yes, for, uh, yes. Heaven forbid I we don't end, want to end up dead. I was a, about to say, heaven forbid we end up on like a Paramount yes. Plus documentary about Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> no, we don't want to do that. Um, yeah. uh, a last one uh, before we take a quick break. Uh, Rob the Ranger in Camden, glad we don't have to lick the stamps. Ooh. <laughs> yes. And one from Roy before we take a quick break. Uh, when's Nimsy getting his own stamp after that camera story? Might always be sent back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, Roy, you're on the text tonight. Your best and fairer so far, and you asked a little bit earlier as well as what our uh, our go to road trip uh, song or music was, mate. I am right now into a band called Greta Van Fleet. Very, uh, they they're, they're a band out of the United States. Sound very much like a, a '70s rock band. Greta Van Fleet. I love them. I love them. Love them. Love them. Just, I'm gonna. Did your did Bailey put you onto them? Uh, no, actually, the great man Wade Ornger, who is one of Australia's okay. premier uh, premier commentators and motorsport identities, put me onto them. Yeah. They're sensational. It's just generally when when you do pull out something like that, I assume it's your your son who's no. in a in a, quite a successful band himself. Uh, no, 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 no. But I don't plug that. Uh, no, <laughs> they're they're a little bit. Um, they're a little bit stairway to heaven. A little bit. Uh, oh, it, it's kind of. Yeah, you have to listen to Greta Van Fleet. They are, they are quite sensational. That's I your know. homework, people at home. Yeah, yeah. Greta yeah, Van that. Fleet. Yeah, yeah. Play it loud, like especially at like two o'clock in the morning, and blame it on Nimsy. Oh, yeah, God, I was going to say. Something. <laughs> 
Well, let's get to a break before we get in trouble. Mm, <laughs> um, it's, it's the driver's seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. It's great to have you company this evening on The Driver's Seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. Now's a good time to mention that uh, the SEN Supercars broadcast is back this week. The Bosch Power Tools Perth Super Sprint is going to be live this Sunday on SEN Supercars. Coverage begins from 1.30pm with the V8 sleuth himself, Aaron Noonan, joined by James Moffat for special comments. And uh, as always... Download the SEN app, click on the Supercast tile to listen to the coverage if you can't get near a radio, but we'll have the full race up on the driver's seat app afterwards because we have had a few few requests after Newcastle. It was good to see. People are loving it. Yeah, it was. I mean, and again, we, as we've said right from the start with this, Nimsy, this is a work in progress. It's never been done before. So um, I think we got the right guy in Aaron Newton because mm. he and his team, it, it's not what you hear with Aaron. It's not just Aaron. He's being fed a lot of information um, from his team on the ground and he's got a lot of contacts and his inside knowledge and inside contacts are feeding him a lot of information too. So, you know, I'm not saying that um, jump, you, you should sit there and cause there is a delay as well of only about five seconds, but mm-hmm. um, you won't be able to watch TV and just have uh, the radio on, but where it will be, where it is a great thing is if you're driving or if you're working out in the yard or, you know, if you, you just can't get in front of a TV, but you, you can listen to it online on the app, all that kind of stuff. It's really good. I listened to it from Newcastle, and I was really impressed. I was uh, by the pool in Lake's entrance uh, during oh, good that for weekend. You. It was and had it on the old Yui Boom, and I can tell you right now, everyone was loving it. It's, yeah, it's, it's, oh, yeah, that's right. It's great. It's really, really good. And I think only going to get better. Yeah, yeah. We look forward to that coverage. That is from this Sunday from one thirty p.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time. Uh, now let's get into. Um, Talking about uh, the Perth Super Sprint, the Super Utes are back in action this weekend. Um, yeah, it's the first it's the first round of a six round series, and there's some pretty big names here. Like Royal Harris is back, Aaron Borg as well, plus a couple of Super Two names, and I, I, a lot of people are using this as like a would you say a little jumper category to get in the main into a bit Ooh. more TV coverage. Like being honest, yeah. being a supercar support probably does help. Oh yeah, look, I, and he and here's the thing. So the, this the super Ute thing is really tricky because obviously I was in the inaugural year you of super park, Utes yeah. after years of V8 Utes, the, the much loved V8 Utes and the much hated super Utes. Super Utes didn't work in, in, a, in a diesel configuration. We know that it just didn't work. Um, the jury's out as to whether they work in a dual cab type setup, but now they've got. LS3 engines in them, they're lowered, they've got lower profile tyres, better shock setups, all that kind of stuff. They're actually a much better car to drive than what the old V8 Ute was. Um, the The category has got 19 cars this weekend. I think that's sensational. And they've got another two or three in build as well. So the popularity, if you, if you go by the socials, people still hate them. But I think when we've got 19 cars – and they're sliding and running into each other. And what we used to call ourselves in the V8 Utes, they were the clowns before the circus. If they can get that kind of attitude back in amongst them and have a bit of fun, I can. Th- I think if I stand on a box and I squint my eyes and I and I turn my head to the left, I think I can see a future for the Super Utes. I think so too. I, they're, they're loud. 
they're not super fast, but they're not because they got a. I mean, they got an LS three engine in them, so they're not the big V eight engine, right? Five point seven liter V eight, so they're not slow. Um, but I, I think if you are coming out of Toyota eighty six and you want to step up into a category, but you don't have the amount of money that you need to run a Super 3 or a Super 2 car, and you want to be on the supercars calendar, then this could genuinely be a destination for people to go and drive. Um, You know, if you've got 150 grand worth of sponsorship or whatever, go and jump in, go and run a Super Ute. They're they're at Bathurst. They're in Adelaide. Like, they're they're on some big events. Um, and so Ryle Harris is back this weekend as well. Multi, multi-time V8 Ute champion, had a crack in Super 2 last year, uh, but just found that that um, the amount of racing laps in Super 2 didn't justify the cost. So he's back in V8 Utes this weekend. So I'm really pumped for them. I, I, I think they've been so bashed up by the public over the last couple of years that they're, they're, it's, it's a long way for them to come back, Nimsy, but I think they're on the right track. And they're being really well managed and PR managed by Philippa, uh, Philippa Gurana, who is who is a, a, a stalwart in Australian motorsport. Mm-hmm. She's celebrating her 20 years this year in PR and media. Um, so she's doing a fantastic job. The Cedars are doing a great job. So it'll be oh, look, it'll be really interesting. Oh, they're going to be handful around winter around uh, Perth. Let me tell you, having done four million laps around that place, <laughs> um, they are going to be a dead set handful. Uh, but as I say, if they're close racing, tight racing, locking brakes, backing into each other, doing all that kind of stuff, I think it'll be great to watch. I reckon it's going to be good to watch as well. And it, like like you said, like I reckon that Super Utes, the inaugural season, the one that you were a part of, probably came mm. at the wrong time because people were probably still like a little bit pained at the loss of V8 Utes. It's kind of like, totally. you know, it'd be like if mum rocked up with a new boyfriend. It's like, no, that ain't my dad. Tell him to, tell him to bugger off. Oh, I know what you were going to say then. Um, you're, you're, yeah, I'm glad you stopped yourself. You, you know, you're 100 percent right. And and back and back in the day, um, you know, five or six years ago, whenever Super Utes came in, that's exactly how I described it. I said you're all hating Super Utes because it's the new girlfriend. It's, yeah. And and and, and but the, the problem is we all loved V8 Utes, but no one bought them. Yep. In Australia, they all went and bought crew cabs, and so the platform of the Ute in Australia, the V8. Uh, Commodore Ute and the V8 Commodore Falcon and six-cylinder Falcon just weren't selling. So we had to progress into the next level, which was the biggest selling car segment in Australia, which is the dual cab Ute. They've just taken a long time to get to the point where they're almost right. So we'll see. I think it's going to be great. Uh, on the text line, 0433981116 is the number if you'd mm-hmm. like to get in touch with us. Uh, this one from number ending in 580. Um, text your name in too, because we want to give you credit for this one. Oh, this is a ripper. If you pause your Foxtel for a few seconds, you can sync the radio to the footy or supercars if you want. Oh. That's oh, that's a trick that we do with uh, with AFL Nation, you know, yeah, or the cricket. Yeah, that's a, that's yeah. a good one there. So you can That's, uh, that's almost text of the night, that one. So and we've had some good text. So well number done. ending in 580. Pop your name on. We want to give you, uh, mm, we want to give you credit give you for that Give you the double one. thumbs up. That's a ripper. Uh, and this one from 460. V8 Super Utes are another low-cost competitive category. That's Rob that the Ranger. street relevance. Rob the Ranger. To, oh, it is it? I should expand that so then I hope so. Yes, it is. Rob, sorry. Uh, Rob for the Ranger from Camden. V8 Super Utes are another low-cost competitive category that have street relevance to a point. I reckon they are great. Go Craig Woods, number 64. <laughs> yes, Rob, I've got to tell you, Woodsy, he's my old teammate and he is one of the world's great men and his beautiful wife, Claire, and their two little beautiful babies. 
yeah. Oh, good luck to them. Good luck to Craig. He's he's started off in Super U. He started off in V8 Utes. Had a, was one of the originals in uh, in um, Super Utes. Also races in Aussie racing cars and uh, the number sixty four. Good on you, Rob, and go Craig. One of the few Aussie racing cars to survive in Newcastle, uh, if I recall correctly. Yeah, correct. He can drive. <laughs> he annoys me. He's just a bloke who who uh, took up racing really late in life, did Craig Woods. When I say late in life, I think he might have been in his 20s or something. And um, straight into the winner's circle. So he's got some talent, Woodsy. He's got some talent in the Super Ute and the Aussie racing car. Definitely mm. got some support too from Rob the Ringer mm. as well. Yeah, uh, Western Sydney Motorsport is his team. While we are talking about uh, these support categories and whatnot, I, I want to mm. quickly touch on uh, in Super 2 because it's it's a, a milestone, a good milestone and kind of one of the so-so milestones. The good milestone is I want to give a shout-out to Matt Charter, who mm. is celebrating round start number 50. He made his Super 2 debut in 2015. Sits second in the Super 2 standings at the moment, just 54 points behind series leader Zach Best. But um, he, there's not a lot of people that have done, uh, that have been in the category like that one. And that's from Mark and North Baldwin. Thank you, Mark and North Baldwin. That was for the Foxtel. For the Foxtel uh, hack. A few seconds. Yeah, well done, Mark and North Baldwin. Yep. You're yeah. a legend. Appreciate that. Yeah. There's the studio oh, audience is loving it. Studio you. audience is giving you a bit of a bit of a clap too there. <laughs> um, but no, but yes, going back to, um, to uh, Matt Charter, mm. it's stellar effort there because, like, he, yeah. I, I reckon he, last year, him and, was it uh, Jalen Robotham that? Yeah, I think so. Yep. Did yep. the, uh, did the wildcard Bathurst 1000. Wildcard yeah. Bathurst. Like, their team, like, it's a proper privateer team. Proper. Like, proper privateer team. And the thing about Super 2, to get, you know, you'd say 50 rounds when we just talked about Mark Winterbottom doing 600 races. Last weekend, uh, this week coming up, uh, this weekend coming up, you kind of go, mm, yeah, 50. Um, the reality is, though, um, Super 2 is a feeder class. Typically, people don't stay. They either get in there, realize they haven't got it, and fall out the back door, or they have got it, and they bounce up into the main game. Matt's kind of in between it. Matt hasn't had the greatest, I don't think, car or, and or engineer for most of those 50 rounds, but mm-hmm. in the last... Or twelve months, I reckon Matt's kind of come in onto his own, and that car is quick. And as as you just said, um, he's second in the championship to Zachy Best, who's put a uh, a Mustang on the main game pole at Tail and Bend last year yep. in in a wild card. So Zach can bloody well drive, uh, and and Maddie's um, Maddie's P two in the championship. So congrats on the fifty, Maddie, and uh, hope you do well in Perth this week. Yeah, very much so. Um, and also the other milestone that I want to mention is this will be the first time that the Dunlop Series grid will not have Matt White Motorsport on it for the first time since 2007. Crazy. Sign of the times, sign of getting cars, sign of people just not having enough money to justify doing it. Um, You've got to remember that when you go to Perth, it's a bloody big trip. Um, it's about a five and a half thousand K return trip, and uh, that's a really expensive trip to do. So, in fact, one of his normal drivers, who I think, did the unexpectedly did the first round uh again jay robotham he's actually he's doing trans am this year Mm. so because he just can't afford to do super two um such is the cost of of super two so that's unfortunate for matt white it's not a stat that we celebrate that for the first time since 2007 there'll be no mwm car on the grid but um sign of the times however having said all of that there's still a combined super three super two 27 car grid yeah now, 27 cars around Barbagello, you're busy. Especially for 40 minutes. 
Oh, you're busy. You're so busy. <laughs> it's so those front guys in the Super 2 will catch the back guys in Super 3. Yeah. I promise you. So that will be good to watch. Not if you're uh, Jet Johnson and you'll be watching your mirrors, I can tell you that for sure. Pretty well. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> if, well. if only we could have like, if there was an option on the SEN app or something to have like Stevie J's radio to Jet as part of like, you know, press red, oh, no. for, press red no, freak. <laughs> <laughs> You'd need a bleep button. You I would. No, actually, I shouldn't say that. That's unfair to Steve. Steve's actually really calm with him. Mm-hmm. I've listened to him on the headset to Jet in um, when he was doing Trans Am and he's actually very calm. Yeah. It's when he gets out of the car that he can sometimes <laughs> just get a little fiery. No, no, it's not. It's fiery supportive. Yep. It's, mate, you've got to get in there and you've got to have a crack and you've got to, got to do this and you've got to do that. Not, what the hell are you doing that for? No, 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 no. It's, mate, you just got to have a real go at that. So, And that's probably the reason why Jet is where he is right now. You know, Correct. Got a national, yeah, national title under his belt, a yep. regional title too, and now yep. he's in Super 3. So uh, correct. Uh, good yep. luck to Jet and everyone else taking part in all the support categories. We look forward to that one. You can hear all of that too on SEN Supercars this Sunday. All right, we're going to take a quick break because we're going to focus on another race meet that's happening this weekend, the Kings of the North. Yes. That is coming up right after this <laughs> on the driver's seat. Thanks to Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. It is quite handy that we are going to be talking about this, but uh, I forget that we have a radio show to do and we don't just chat about what we're doing on the weekend. Indeed. Uh, uh, <laughs> during the outbreak. <laughs> uh, but it is relevant because this weekend, Matty, you are going to be at Hidden Valley for the Kings of the North. Uh, yes. This is the first ever TA2 two-driver event. That'll be. It's a world first, not just Australian. Yeah. It is a world first, and it's got some pretty big names. Uh, Porsche Carrera Cup driver Max Vidal is the latest name to join the grid. Um, he, we, we spoke to him last year, actually, uh, here on the driver's seat. He's going to be teaming up with Brad Gartner in a Ford Mustang. Former yep. TA2 champion uh, Russell Wright will be returning, teaming up with Rob Leonard. Uh, we, yep. And, of course. Geordie oh, Cox. Yes. Everyone's favourite, Geordie Cox, front-wheel drive specialist but loves a rear-wheel drive more. Geordie Cox is there. George Medici. Uh, son of Andrew Medici, who's, uh, you know, George is uh, in, currently in uh, TCM. Um, so he's going to be there. Super 2 driver or, or almost regular Super 2 driver, Tyler Everingham. Um, certainly co-driver in the supercars is going to be there. Um, who else is going to be Nathan there? Hearn. Andrew, Nathan Hearn. Oh, Nathan Hearn. Nathan Hearn's come back from America for this, currently racing TA2 in the United States. Um, so Nathan is, is coming back to drive with Paul Manuel, and Paul Manuel runs TA2 New Zealand. So uh, that'll be fantastic to have him in there. But Timmy Brook, who's done TCR and is also a regular Trans Am driver. Uh, my co-driver is Marcus Akanovic. He's in TCM. Andrew Fisher is from TCM. So, yeah, I mean, it's 20 cars. There's a couple of guys who are not doing the co-driver thing. They're just doing it uh, on their own. Mm-hmm. But the majority of them, so there's, you know, there's, there's uh, about 37 38 drivers who are going to be driving TA2s this weekend, many of them for the first time. We were talking just uh, while we're off air there. Um, now, so each driver is going to get to do two sprint races before yep. combining for the two Enduros, uh, each mm-hmm. with a driver change mid-race. I didn't realise it was 35 laps. Yeah, so that's the Enduro. That's the Kings of the North race, mm-hmm. which, which by the way, if for the wins, 20 grand Ooh, if you get it. Good bit of Charlie so, Ash there, I'll tell you what. Bit of Charlie Ash. My concern for that is we've got um, up the front, 
you know, if you're in line for the 20 grand, how desperate do you get? Like, my concern is, do you do you do 40 grand's worth of damage to win 20? <laughs> so, <laughs> I can, I will rest, I can guarantee those out there that are listening that should you be bored for a moment and decide you want to quickly have a look at some results about TA2 Kings of the North this weekend, you will not see Matt McKeldon and Marcus Sakanovic in the top five because I will be driving and Marcus has been instructed to drive uh, with a very strong level of conservatism because we know what happened last year, well, the year before, when I let rep and, and I whacked the wall at a million miles an hour and killed, nearly killed myself and the car. <laughs> mm. um, this year, we're, we're really trying to make sure we finish every single race. So Marcus has never driven the car before, so he's going to have his first practice session on Saturday. Um, but he's a pro. He'll be fine. But, you know, we're, we're going to be taking a bit of the Steve Bradbury approach. We're going to be there to scoop up some results uh, um, past those who have fallen off the track. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But it's going to be great. It's going to be great. It's going to be bloody hot, but it's going to be great. And I'll tell you what's great for for us at home. You can watch it from the comfort of your living room uh, because it's going to be uh, the Monday Labor Day uh, races. Mm. The feature races will be televised live on SBS and also yes. simulcast on Fox Sports. And yep. And the best part, too, is I was doing this when uh, it was up in Winton. Mm. The uh, If you actually go to the uh, High Tech Super Series Facebook page and mm-hmm. their YouTube, it's actually streams. You could put do you use a little... Chromecast gimmick to stream it to your tally. It's good fun. So, so you saying that that you um, uh, TA two Kings of the North will be on YouTube as well? I think so. You know, oh, there you go. Because yeah. someone just mentioned on the Facebook asking me on the Facebook. How old did I just sound <laughs> uh, on Facebook? Just asking whether it's going to be on YouTube, and I said I wasn't sure that it was. You but, know, okay. I'll, I'll double there check. Let me double check, check that before that. I make any promises. And while, yeah, while it's going to be great, while I do that, uh, let's hmm. quickly get to some texts. Uh, Dave in Melton has texted in. You and you, hello, Dave. You on Dave? Good to have you on board. Oh, I don't think we've had Dave from Melton before. I used to have a boss uh, who was Dave, and he lived in Melton with his beautiful family. I wonder if it's the same Dave. Might not be. Never know. Um, uh, Dave in Melton says, I think you guys should turn the driver's seat into a TV show before each round of Supercars. I miss the days where we had the V8 Supercars panel show with the drivers. It was always great to see the banter between all the drivers. Dave, fantastic suggestion, but I don't think the drivers would appreciate that story about my my dad's backside and cameras. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't think, probably as much as your dad doesn't appreciate it either. Um, Dave, wouldn't that be sensational? I'd love to do a driver's seat um, live every week panel type show where we get some of the guys. The reality is the, the cost of doing something like that, Dave, there's is no cash here. Correct. Here, there's no cash. All right? Cash, no. Robbo, no cash. It's big. Mm. Big, 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 big. And I can't see anyone stumping up the With cash to do enough. that. Yeah. Uh, and to be quite to. Fr- Don't get me wrong. I, and to be quite frank, I, I'm, I understand what you're saying, Dave, but unless I'm going to go full boots and have big production value and all that sort of stuff, I'm probably not interested in mm. doing it half-assed, if that's makes sense. Uh, one last one too from Even Zach. though, arguably, this show is half-assed every week. <laughs> <laughs> um, one from Zach in Canberra. Do you think tyre yep. life will shake up Super 2 this weekend? Yeah. Uh, I don't think many of the drivers will have carried a set of tyres for 40 minutes in a race before, let alone yep. at a high-deg track. Yep, good call, Zach. Absolutely it will. Um, we know Perth is a high-degradation track, um, and we know some of the people, you're 100% right in what you're saying, Super 2 and Super 3. They Maybe the maybe the guys who are in Super 2 and Super 3 who have done co-drive at Bathurst um, have learned how to manage and, and nurse a tyre. Um, typically, though, we haven't 
that that's not the case throughout the field. So that's going to be one of the real interesting points to watch this weekend is how everyone across the field manages that tyre on on a typically abrasive track because uh, uh, real easy to go off at Perth over the cold corner into the bowl or down into the final turn. Very easy to go off and, and turn one as well. So, um, yeah, I'm going to be watching that, Zachy. Absolutely. It's going to be great to see. Um, one last one before we take a quick break, and we'll mm-hmm. touch on uh, Mark and North Borman has reminded us about the Azerbaijan Baku Grand Prix. Yes, we'll, we'll my favourite. We'll take a quick break, and we'll talk about that in a little cool. bit of uh, depth. But uh, this is official from the High Tech Oil Super Series official page. Uh, will they be streaming? Yes, there will be live wow. streaming. on YouTube. From 9.30 a.m. to 12.30 Australian Eastern Standard Time. And broadcasting on SBS and Foxtel from 1 till 4 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. That's the broadcast schedule for this yeah. week. There you go. So uh, thank and you. And if you're in Darwin, um, come by and say good day. Uh, be a belter. Yeah. Well, it'll be fun. Mm. They've, they've got a good support category as well, good uh, support class as well. So make sure you come and say good day. Yeah. Check it out. And if you see us in town in a team shirt, make sure you come and say good day. <laughs> But yeah, do yourself a favour and check it out if you can. All right, we'll take a quick break and we'll talk about Baku and the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. You're going to be doing most of the heavy lifting, I can tell you now, uh, Matthew, because I didn't put it on the sheet. Righto. (laughs) Back with more right after this. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. Uh, someone said on our messages tonight that uh, I'm one of the best producers in the business. Mm. Uh, definitely not. Uh, you think? <laughs> <laughs> if only you heard what we hear, <laughs> folks. The behind the curtain stuff. Yeah. Might rethink that text. No, you are, Nims. You're one of the best. <laughs> You're everywhere over SEN. Every yes. time I listen to the SEN app, all I hear is your your uh, My dulcet tones. Your dulcet tones doing ads for everything from vacuum cleaners to. Bottle shops. Hutchie did point that out to me. He's like, there is a lot of you on this station, isn't there? There I'm is, like, mate. Like... You are. You, might I say in the kindest possible way, your DNA is scattered all over <laughs> SEM. <laughs> that explains why the cleaners Ooh. always follow me after the show. Um, uh, we got to quickly talk about uh, the Azerbaijan Grand Prix this weekend. Mm. Uh, we'll do mm. it quick too because we got don't have that much time left in the show. But uh, the first appearance of the revised sprint weekend structure. Yeah, so first time in Azerbaijan, there's going to be a sprint race, and it is completely changed. I, um, if I go into everything that's changed, it's a bit like we're going to get cross cube. Yep. So I, I won't do it. What I will say is that there'll be free practice one, which is one hour. Then there will be a qualifying session for a sprint race. Um, the sprint race occurs on Saturday. But after the first qualifying session for the sprint race, there'll be a second qualifying session, which will apply to the Sunday race. Hmm. So a little bit like supercars, there's for every race, there's a qualifying session. So they canned previously, that well, now they've canned um, free practice too, because the teams are kind of using it as a bit more of a tyre evaluation process rather than anything else. So they've basically decided two races, two qualifiers and one practice, basically. Uh, it's one of my favourite races. I never knew Azerbaijan even existed. <laughs> and now I want to go there and I want to see it because it looks like just the most amazingly spectacular place. Um, but, you know, 
I wonder what's going to happen with – and it, by the way, let me roll back. It's been the scene of some drama. I mean, mm-hmm. we saw Max and Danny Rick go into each other. We saw, I think it was either last year or the year before, Max had the tyre blow out. Remember, he kicked the car on the main straight. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen Charles Leclerc uh, smash it into the wall and then castigate himself on the radio saying how stupid he was for making that mistake. So it's a ripper-looking track. Very technical, very tight. Um, and I love the sprint format. It's actually sometimes what makes a Formula One race really interesting. So, uh, two, so one practice session, two qualifiers, and two races, which I think is going to be good. Yeah, it should be pretty decent. Um, look, mm. we'll take a quick break and do a wrap up. Hopefully, mm. uh, we'll see some good racing. And who do you reckon is going to win? Uh, I want to say I'm going to say Max Verstappen, but I'd okay. love to see Sergio Perez take it up to him a little bit because I'd love to see Alonso. He's, I reckon Alonso's been threatening. Yeah, he's the old boy. The, he's doing well. Mm. There's a rumor that he's dating Taylor, Taylor Swift. Swift. I saw yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll what would that, because the, the people who date Taylor Swift always end, either end up in a song or, or a, their or an album. names are abbreviated <laughs> to be Swift something or other. It will. So we'll, look, hold that thought. We'll take a quick mm. break. Back with more. Right up. This is The Driver's Seat. For Kubota, together we are shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. Like a Brad Jones racing pit stop this is going to be because we don't have too much time here. But uh, yep. we'll, we'll get to some of your messages. And just a reminder too, you can uh, get us anytime by jumping on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Driver's Seat Show. But a few texts, uh, one from Michael, great show tonight. Love a bit of everything and your honest opinion too. You're entitled to it. Have a good week, guys. Thank you, Michael, Thanks, for Mike. that. Appreciate and this one, this one. A buzzer beater from Vince oh. in Mernda. Oh. Taylor could do an ABBA cover. Can you hear the drums? Brackets from the podium. Fernando. <laughs> Vinny, you've cracked one out of the center of the willow and it's headed to the top deck some. Great that work, is, That is text of the night, Vinny. <laughs> From Mernda, you're a bloody champion. Well done, son. Good stuff. But that wraps up cover. the driver's seat. Thank you to Brock Feeney for jumping on board. Matty, go well this week in the Hidden Valley. I will. And quickly, happy anniversary to Mrs. Mack tomorrow. Five years married. Indeedy. That's sensational effort there. We'll catch you next week with all the wash up.